Considering the subject matter of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, the hosts recommend using discretion when allowing anyone under the age of 17 to listen. This program is specifically designed to be listened to by adults and therefore may be unsuitable for children under the age of 17. This program may contain one or more of the following, crude indecent language, graphically described violence, sensitive subject matter including controversial topics, conspiracies, religion, the occult, and death. Listener discretion is advised. episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. Rick and Stephen welcome special guest paranormal investigator and intuitive Victoria Munday. Victoria Munday has been involved in the television industry for the past 30 years and has been experiencing supernatural activity since she was very young. Coming from a sensitive rich heritage, Victoria isn't a thrill-seeking investigator, but an intuitive who's looking to connect with spirit and take the paranormal into the Aquarian age, right now on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. All right, and welcome to the 28th episode of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV with your hosts, myself, Rick Hale, paranormal author, as well as Ghost Hunter. And joining me as always is uh, Stephen David Lancaster, and he is also a ghost hunter as well, as well as a filmmaker and author. The man just does it all. Steven, thank you. Well, I, thank you. <laughs> are you welcome? Hey. <laughs> Here we are with the, uh, episode 28. We have survived each other 28 episodes. Yes. And, you know, today's a big day for me, man. You, you probably saw my post that, you know, after mm-hmm. 11 years of being known as and referred to as the sexiest, the, sexiest, the, sexiest, the sexiest ghost in her life. I, I'm now changing. I'm evolving. You know, I'm, I'm uh, we're growing, you know, so I am now being referred to as the gray fox of the paranormal. Yeah, I saw your picture and I actually wrote on there. I was like, you know, <laughs> nice filter, buddy. You look like Ellen. <laughs> you know, whatever, man. You know, what? whatever. Hey, at least Ellen gets the chicks. <laughs> not that there's anything like wrong with that unlike yourself and my I, I still stand by what my wife says that you look like the kind of guy that needs to pay for sex whatever man whatever tell that to all the ladies out there okay so. yes you are the self-proclaimed world's sexiest ghost hunter oh and i do i do want to go ahead and you know i can't Stress self-proclaimed i can't blame rick um but he just referred to us as Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. Oh, did I? <laughs> but that's oh okay. God. That's okay. It's it's a nice segue to let our new listeners know that, yes, we used to do this as video, as a video stream on YouTube. Right. All right. of the old original episodes are there. All of season one was all done with video. Um, right. So if you want to watch those, if you've listened to the podcast and you want to watch those videos, you can, and you can watch them on our website, shadowinitiativetv.com. Um, but now we're strictly podcast, so yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, honest mistake. We had like what twenty episodes that was all primarily video, but now yeah. 
we have hit the big stage, man. We are moving on up to the sky, as the uh, Jeffersons used to say. Um, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much everywhere these days. Uh, Amazon, Amazon Music, Spotify. I mean, we are just literally everywhere. Apple Music, all these places, man. Stitcher, it's it's amazed me, you know, looking at the analytics and, and seeing we've got people listening to us in Russia, in mm-hmm. India, Great Britain. Uh, it's like wow, this is awesome because we didn't have that with YouTube, right? All over the world, and today, all of our listeners from all over the world, we are going to have on our show Victoria Monday. Uh, Victoria Monday, she is the uh, co-host of Into the Rabbit Hole with uh, Mike Ricksecker, as well as uh, being an author in The Feminine Macabre, a woman's journal of all things strange and unusual, A Walk in the Shadows, a complete guide to shadow people, and the TV miniseries The Shadow Dimension. So we're going to be talking to uh, Victoria today, and she's going to be telling us all about everything Victoria Monday, and there is a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've done my background research, uh, mm-hmm. so we've got her later in the show. We've also got a brand new Ghost Watch. From we do, Rick Hale. But you know, Rick, you know something we don't do very often on here is make fun of Zach Baggins and paranormal TV shows. Oh no, and, we never do that. No, and recently, there has been a fantastic video floating around the internet that once again outs. Zach Baggins for being a fraud. And and this is fantastic because this is the same thing that happened to Ghost Hunters. They do a live show and mm-hmm. shit goes wrong, like the, the infamous collar tug with the right. Ghost Hunters, you know, and you can see the string being pulled and all that stuff. You know, right. but Zachy Poo, he he just had a what what was it, a rabbi? On a the rabbi. Show? Now now I'm now a now let's keep in mind this is a rabbi who is considered a jewel in Judaism because he is the leading expert on, you know, things like Jewish mythology and uh, Jewish legends. But please go ahead, Stephen, and tell the story because it's fucking hilarious. So, you know, Zachy Poo's story writers and, and producers bring this rabbi on in the middle of the live show. And Zach introduces himself, you know, like he always does. I'm Zach Baggins, you know, like mm-hmm. there's supposed to be trumpets going on, like every time he says his name or something. Right. But regardless, he's trying to lead the rabbi to say certain things. You know, he's right. talking about a dibbig box and he's talking about demonic possession. And the rabbi was the first to say that that is such a rarity. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, it would never have. And then the rabbi proceeds to say, pretty much insinuating that what the rabbi is saying is not going to work with Zach's script. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it, it's hilarious because, like, Zach literally walks yes. the rabbi right out of the room. Like, you're done. Yep. You can't stick with the program. You can't stick with the script. So you're out of here, pal. Yeah. I, I'm not kidding you. I, I've been sharing this that video on my social media stuff or pages now for a couple of years, and it never gets old. And you know what? It just baffles me, man. That it's almost like a cult-like mentality 
with mm-hmm. the fans of Ghost Adventures and Zach Baggins. You can show them this stuff and show them the literal proof that he's a fraud. And they will fight tooth and nail believing in this guy. Right. It's scary, right. man, that there's that kind of mentality out there. But this gets even better, Rick. Okay. This gets even better. We all know now that the Travel Channel is pretty much the paranormal channel. I yeah. mean, that's all that it ever seems to be on there are just paranormal shows. Okay. Well, I was just, I can't remember how I stumbled upon it. Um I think I was reading up on paranormal. That's what it was. I was reading up on paranormal uh, misconceptions, like, you know, just those stereotypes and the stuff that Mm -hmm. people assume. Well, it led me to the travel channel. Okay. Okay. The travel channel literally has stated this is in print on their website about the paranormal, Rick. Okay. Okay. Do paranormal facts exist? And this is what the Travel Channel, the writers of the Travel Channel have to say. The term paranormal applies to anything currently beyond the range of scientific explanation. So far, so good. No argument. Okay, I'm down. So anyone who claims they have access to the rule book of the paranormal or that they have foolproof evidence in ghosts is probably a charlatan dot 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 or about to be pretty famous wow that is literally on a a a network's website that their entire foundation now is the paranormal so they, they are right there saying that if anybody claims to have proof of the paranormal they are a charlatan yeah, you need to I, – I really want to see that link. you got to send that link to me because that is remarkable. You know, ever since, you know, like paranormal television um, has become huge and let's – you know, it's all over the Travel Channel. It's all over Discovery Plus. It's, it, it's all over the place, right? I have long believed that these shows are more about trying to discredit the paranormal and paranormal investigators and paranormal investigation and psychical research than actually trying to, you know, move it along and help it along. I've I've long believed that. Well, that's the thing, and we've discussed it many times between each other. We've discussed it with our colleagues, family, friends, that, and, you know, people know I expect brutal honesty. So when I throw out a concept, and I've thrown that concept out a million times, how about a show that actually does show what we do? And like like you and I have discussed, a show where the entire season is one location, one case, and that's what you're working on, showing people the good, the bad, the boring, but also the exciting, the discoveries, and then, oh, okay, wait a minute. We looked back into this, and this proof. People would be just as interested. I, I, would, I, would, I would watch that show. But instead, we're, we're stuck with the boy band of the paranormal, Zach Baggins, mm-hmm. and, and and just this, it's it's awful. It's all, But all the shows are like that, man. There there really isn't. He Now, he's the epitome of the over-the-top bullshit, you know, yeah. but 
All the other shows still fall in that category. They've all fake stuff. They've all got story writers. They've all got the sound effects. You know, they're just some of them aren't as extreme as as Ghost Adventures. Right. You know, it's it's funny because my my son, who is actually starting to develop an interest in the paranormal, he asks me questions all the time. Mm. And um, he has actually asked me because we get Discovery Plus. Uh, he has actually asked me if we can watch an episode or two of Ghost Adventures so he could see what not to do <laughs> on an paranormal investigation. And that, and for a ten-year-old to say something like that is hilarious. Well, I have a lot more respect for him because literally, Rick, no joke. He took. He has taken the words right out of my mouth. I have yeah. literally said the same thing because I get people coming to me all the time. How do I get started in this? Or, mm-hmm. or, or, or my son wants to get started in this. Should we watch this show or watch it? And I tell him exactly what he said. Yeah, watch them so you know what not to do. Oh, you know, one, one of the first pieces of advice that I, advice that I give to people who want to be involved in this is forget everything you see on TV. Right. Just right. forget it. Right. And so, that's yeah, a shame and- because there, there is a small percentage of stuff out there that is worthwhile. You know? I agree. But, it, but it's so clouded over by you just don't know what to believe. You know, right. yeah, I'm sure Jason and Grant are nice dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, like like we talk about um, what's his face from from the the destination shows, Josh Gates. Josh Gates, yeah. I'm sure I'd love to hang out with a guy. He just looks like a dude I could hang out with. Right. But they're all willingly participating in fraud. You know, and it's. I'm sorry. You know, it's just the and, truth. And this is why Stephen. Although you have done television, mm-hmm. we together as a group will never do television. Like, you know, I, I jokingly say, you know, welcome to the blacklist. You got cookies on the left, whiskey on the right. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. And it's it's true. People like us, they they don't want us on television. Well, so, you know, and, and for you, obvious know, reasons. you know, as well as I do, and I won't get into it too much, but. The shows that I have agreed to do came with very strict stipulations on my behalf. Like, I I was asked to be on Ghost Hunters International years Mm -hmm. ago, and I I I refused to do a paranormal investigator show unless I was the one in control. Right. You know, but the retelling of cases, like I've done with A Haunting a couple times in my ghost story twice, you know, I had more control... Okay, this is just recreating my story that people already know. Sure. You know, so this isn't faking anything. They're using my evidence. So, you know, and that's why I liked ghost tapes when you did ghost tapes, you know, and that was the whole premise of Monster Vision TV. You know, when Mm -hmm. I did that for years was showing people this is how it's done and it can still be entertaining. Oh, yeah. When when Luke Millett, who is a brilliant filmmaker, um he asked me to be on the show was completely by accident because I had invited him to go on a house investigation with me and a medium that I was working with at the time. And uh, he came over to my house and he's like, okay, I need you to sign this piece of paper. I need you to sign here and here and here. I'm like, well, what the hell is this? And he's like, well, you want to be in the documentary, right? I had no idea that that was going to happen. So there was no producers, 
no directors, no story writers, none of that. It was just Luke and I and a couple other people and the medium that I was working with at the time, Nancy Laporta, who is in one of the rare instances completely legit. Um, it was just us. It was nobody else. Yeah. Nobody calling the shots. Well, shit, I even approached you for a documentary about 10 years ago. We just couldn't mm. we couldn't coordinate it, you know, because I've, yeah, well, I've always been the no budget guy. You know, I can make this work with no budget. <laughs> but anyways, regardless. Well, you know, we're a thousand miles away from each other. You're in, you know, North, North Carolina and I'm here 30 miles north of Chicago. In Chicago. Hey, Chicago. Hey, I don't know. I may be putting you on the spot and, and you can just say at a later time or whatever. But um, it is now you you told me recently you're about to really start hitting the investigations heavy again. You want to talk about that a little bit? That's right. You know, I actually, I'm glad we had that segue there because I was going to bring it up eventually. Yeah, Saturday morning, I have a meeting with United States Paranormal Research, which is an outfit out of Antioch, Illinois, which isn't too far from where I live. And I'm going to be meeting with uh, Brian Meisinger. I, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Brian Meisinger and his group. And they're going to sit me down and, you know, consider me for uh, membership. They had just lost one of their founding members, and uh, they're they're looking for someone. So, yeah, I got a meeting with him, and you know he's a really nice guy. I've, I've you know talked with him many times in the past before, but uh, yeah, I'm finally coming out of retirement. It's probably been maybe five or six years since I've been on a legit investigation. Wow, that's gonna be awesome, man! I'm happy for yeah, you. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I really I... hope that I can bring something to the group. Oh, you will, you will, and 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 I wish, I I, I kind of miss Monster Vision in a way, because mm-hmm. so many people think that I'm not investigating, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I used to always just put it out there, but um, I I kind of miss not having an outlet to, because I always liked showing people what I did. Oh yeah. You know? But maybe one day, I just it just takes so much, man. It takes so much, and I'm getting too old for that shit. Not investigating, just putting the, you know, putting it all together, and because you have yeah. to make it entertaining and add the music and all that other bullshit. But um, right. with that being yeah, I mean, said, so so they must be. I mean, if they're looking at possibly bringing you on, they, they're definitely an equal opportunity employer, then, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that supposed to be a disabled joke, Stephen? Do you get special parking and investigations? Because I do. These are the things you need oh to think about. No, seriously, it's awesome, man. But the here, here's the problem right now. Right here, right now in Northern Illinois, we are winter is going to be coming up. So right now, I'm like wearing jeans, and I love getting out of the car when I park in one of the disabled spots. And I'm not kidding you. Every single time, especially when I'm wearing pants. I get the stink eye from people. It's hilarious. And I actually had a woman one time say to me, oh, you don't look like you're disabled. Why are you parking there? And I lifted my pant leg and knocked on it. And I was like, there you go. I hope I'm disabled wow. enough for you. So, yeah, it happens, man. But, yes, when we go on investigations, I will be taking advantage of disabled parking. Hey, well, you know, hey, you know, don't don't get, you know, not that you probably are, but don't feel too bad about the way people think because – it's just another one of those things where it's because of so many assholes that take advantage of the system. Oh, you yeah. Know, you just don't know who you can trust anymore, man. You know? Because I've been that guy. 
and then that sees what looks to be like a perfectly normal person get out of their vehicle, you know, and walk away. And but then I tell myself, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what's going on in their life. You know what I'm saying? But then again, they could be that asshole. <laughs> That just you know, <laughs> but 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 the long and short of it is is with people like myself out there in the field um, who are disabled, you know, we're calling attention to it and trying to help other disabled people understand there is a place for you as well. And we did practically an entire show on that subject uh, fairly recently. I think it was like last month or the month before. So yeah, there is a place for everyone. And I in agree. This field. And I'm glad we had that conversation because you know. It never crossed my mind. I, I, I in, in a good or bad way. Like, I never thought. Well, now that Rick's lost his leg, he's done investigating. I never once <laughs> thought that. You know what I mean? And I, that's a good thing. You know, but but apparently that is a thing out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if you, like like we talked about, if you can do it, do it. You know. Oh. But, and I am going to return. I am almost I there. So, wait. yeah. I can't wait to hear the stories. I can't wait to debunk oh, yeah. all your shit. Um, <laughs> with that being said, let's take a quick break and let's come back with your ghost watch. He's doing it on the band Lincoln Park today. The ghost no, of Ch- Oh, no, you're not. I am not doing it on, Link- on the band Lincoln Park. Oh. I am doing it on Lincoln Park on the north side of Chicago. Uh, Lincoln Park and Lincoln Park Zoo, which in a city well known. Oh for its many, many ghosts and haunted places, is considered to be one of the haunted places, most, the most haunted places in Chicago, and for very good reason, because underneath, there are still some bodies buried in yeah, Lincoln Park. This is what Rick does to me every week with Ghostwatch. He promises one thing, like the David Lee Roth house. I still have yet to hear about the David Lee Roth house. He ended up doing some other like ghost story. I don't know. But with that being said, we're going to come back with Linkin Park, not the band, and the zoo. And apparently there's some ghostly going-ons, or Rick wouldn't be talking about it. And following that, we're bringing on the amazing, the incredible, the lovely Victoria Monday on a Sunday. That's right, we're breaking all the rules around here. So you guys, take a listen to these commercials and we'll be right back. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. She's alive. Are you a fan of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Leave the hosts a review and your thoughts on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Music, Ghana, Jayasab, or wherever you enjoy the show. By the middle of the 19th century, Chicago had gone from being a doomed military outpost on the fringes of the American frontier to a swiftly expanding city. The daily arrivals of immigrants to the city added to the population boom. Seeing that the people needed a place to gather and enjoy the outdoors, the Lincoln Park commissioners established Lincoln Park, a public park for the citizens to gather and have picnics. To add to the beauty of the new park, the commissioners accepted a gift of two swans from the city of New York in 1868. These swans were the first animals in what would become Lincoln Park Zoo. Thirty years earlier, when Illinois was incorporated, 
Chicago in 1837, the city set apart a large piece of land for use as a burial ground. For 16 years, from 1843 to 1859, the land served as Chicago City Cemetery. This included family plots, a potter's field for the poor, as well as Jewish and Catholic cemeteries. Thousands of people's mortal remains were buried in what would eventually become Lincoln Park. The cemetery also included hundreds of people who died from an outbreak of cholera. Over time, more and more cholera victims were being buried in the cemetery, and the people of Chicago feared an even greater outbreak of the deadly disease. They were concerned the decomposing bodies would taint the city's only drinking water supply, Lake Michigan. Something had to be done before more people died. The city officials heard the concerns of the people and decided to move the bodies as far away from the lake as possible. Unfortunately, they had two things working against them. One, they only had a 10-man crew to move thousands of bodies, an insurmountable task for such a small group of laborers. Secondly, when the Great Chicago Fire of 1871 nearly burned the city to the ground, the fire destroyed the grave markers in the old cemetery. The only one left was the Couch Family Memorial, a tomb you can still see today. As the city struggled to rebuild, attention once again turned to the cemetery. With the destruction of the grave markers, no one could venture a guess where all the bodies were buried. So, city officials decided to ignore the problem and began to rebuild the area over the graves of thousands of bodies. They were convinced no one would ever know that those bodies were never moved. Today, the neighborhood of Lincoln Park and Lincoln Park Zoo is a favorite of both Chicagoans and people from the suburbs. The zoo is well-known worldwide for its collection of animals, its conservatory with hundreds of plants and flowers, and breathtaking views of the city. Nevertheless, visitors to the zoo are unaware that the zoo was built upon the graves of countless people. Furthermore, they are unaware that the zoo is one of the most haunted places in the city. Over the years, there have been several reports of people encountering ghosts throughout the zoo. Both staff and guests have witnessed apparitions dressed in attire from the 19th century wandering the zoo. Several eyewitnesses have watched as these apparitions suddenly appear and then fade away. One of these ghosts, a woman in a 18th century, 19th century dress, is seen near the lion house by the main entrance. People who have witnessed the mysterious woman have commented she appears to be completely oblivious of her surroundings. She has also been seen in the woman's restroom in the lion house. Many female visitors have fled the restroom upon seeing the reflection of the ghost in the mirror. At night, after all the crowds go home and the animals settle down, the dead take over the zoo. Lights in empty buildings are known to flicker on and off, and doors inexplicably slam when no one is around. It would also seem that the ghosts are not shy in making their presence known. EVPs with mysterious voices have been recorded, along with pictures of strange fogs, unexplained lights, and even full-bodied apparitions. As a haunted location, Lincoln Park Zoo does not disappoint the paranormal enthusiast. It's commonly accepted the ghosts encountered at the zoo are the long-dead souls of the people still buried under the park. However, there just may be another explanation for the hauntings. In 1894, a sightseeing bridge was constructed 40 feet over a lagoon. 
During its history, it's believed that 50 to 100 people ended their lives by jumping from the bridge. The suicides became such a nuisance, the bridge was closed in 1919. It is possible some of these ghosts are the souls of the people who committed the desperate act of leaping to their deaths a century ago. Chicago's Lincoln Park Zoo is open daily and takes in tens of thousands of visitors each year. At night, tours are given exploring the paranormal history of the zoo, as well as Lincoln Park's past as a cemetery. Lincoln Park Zoo is a favorite of every Chicagoan, living and dead. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghostwatch. Excellent. Hey, you know what? Before we get before we get on to um, Victoria, I have a personal experience that that I had. You know, hey, by the way, that was that directly caused me to mess up. I know. <laughs> Not <got>? once, but <laughs> twice. What you guys can't see at home is I just put my background as Rick, his infamous picture of him on the beach that the paparazzi got of him in a speedo. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, but but we've already determined that that can't possibly be me because this person has both of his legs. So, my personal experience at Lincoln Park Zoo. Several years ago, my wife and I, we had visited there, and it was the first time we had brought our son. I think he was two or three at the time. And in the big cat house, I went downstairs to use the bathroom in the men's room. While I was down there, all of a sudden, I heard a male voice say, hey, you, just like that. Mm-hmm. Sounded just like that. There was nobody else in that bathroom at the time. So, you know, I think that I had a personal experience with one of the ghosts that allegedly haunt Lincoln Park Zoo. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I love having those those personal experiences because, in my opinion, the personal experience is what sparks the interest to investigate. Yeah, I, I, love, I love the ones where you're not even there for that purpose. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. And especially the the times where you have no prior knowledge of anything. I had that happen to me at the Bluthanol Mansion in Wilmington, which is now known as Angie's Bed and Breakfast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going there for a weekend. And at the time, I always carried my equipment around, cameras and all that stuff. But um, I was just going there to get away for the weekend. And the first night, there were some weird things that were kind of happening, but I didn't think anything of it. And then the next morning during breakfast, uh, the woman who, who runs the place starts talking about her ghost in that building. And mm-hmm. I'm like, really? So I introduced myself. And luckily that second night, nobody else was even staying in the B&B. So she gave me full reign of the place. Oh, you know, that's awesome. So awesome because what I, what, what I had witnessed the first night was looking out the window Mm-hmm. And seeing a, a like 1930s kind of guy in a trench coat and a fedora walk through the garden. He went behind this tree, but he never came out the other side. Okay. And what really makes what I'm saying cool is that next morning when I was talking with Angie, the owner of the building, um, she, uh, she starts mentioning the ghost and she describes him exactly how I saw him. So that wow. was like, okay, this is awesome because I had no prior knowledge of it. I didn't tell her what I saw, and mm-hmm. she just described described him to the T. So that was pretty yeah. cool. That is pretty cool. But you know what? If 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 you're from the Chicagoland area and you're into ghosts, 
you know that Lincoln Park Zoo is extraordinarily haunted. Like I would I would give nothing more than to see the apparition of the woman in the uh, 19th century dress. Would love to see that, but as of yet I have not. Well, you know. There's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. So with that being said, let's take a quick break and when we come back, we're coming back with very special guest Victoria Monday. So you guys stick around. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with uh, myself, Rick Hale, and Stephen Lancaster. Joining us on today's show is Victoria Monday. Uh, Victoria is the co-host of the Haunted Road Media's Edge of the Rabbit Hole with Mike Ricksecker. Um, in addition to her co-hosting role, Victoria has appeared in The Feminine Macabre, A Woman's Journal of All Things Strange and Unusual, A Walk in the Shadows, A Complete Guide to Shadow People, and in the TV miniseries, The Shadow Dimension. So, Victoria Monday, thank you so much for joining us here, and welcome to the initiative. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to meet you both finally, and Stephen and I are not Facebook friends, but I won't hold it against you. That's okay. We'll change that. We'll change that. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. So, Victoria, you know, I just want to get started right away because, really, we do have a lot to cover with okay. you. And, <laughs> what, you know, one of the things that we always like to ask people is, you know, what got them involved? But you have a very interesting nickname, and you have been nicknamed the Paranormal Perfect Storm. Yes. So, why is that? <laughs> it's a good question. Um Long story short, which is probably too late already, um, my mom's side of the family, uh, oh, thank you, Stephen. My mom's side of the family um, was from the deep, deep woods of East Texas. And we're we're talking not quite on the level of deliverance, you know, but, (laughs) you know, very kept to them. Yeah, okay, I see you bobbing your head. So there's no, so there's no dueling banjos and uh, squealing like a pig and all that. None, None of that involved. Well, not on the first date. Just kidding. Um, I really do want to learn to play the banjo. That's because may or may not have heard. I was recently laid off, but I will overcome. Um, but one thing I want to do is learn to play the banjo. Just annoy the crap out of my neighbors next door. If I can do anything, you know, that's that's what go. I want to do. Um, squealing pigs maybe on Saturday night, you know, because they did, you know, grow their own food and do all that kind of stuff. 
Um, no, but they're very intuitive. Uh, well, they were. They've all passed now. Um, I don't think I have any relatives left that are up there. Um, but they were all intuitive women. They would, you know, they would let you stay on the peripheral, and you could see a little things here and there, and then they would shush you away, and they would do, mm -hmm. you know, let me see your crayons, and they would melt my crayons over candles to make special colors. I'm like, what? The, what, what? What? My crayons, mom. <laughs> So, you know, they were all intuitive. And um, my dad's side of the family, I found out when I was doing the genealogy, um, they're from Germany. And a lot of them were actually uh, Roma gypsies that came over right before Hitler started doing all the annihilation and extermination and eradication of that demographic. So sure. I'm thinking, you know, when you put those two together, this explains everything that's been going on in my life. So, you know, growing up as a child in the South, you know, every little girl wants a Barbie. But no, mm -hmm. what did I get? I got the Farmer's Almanac every year. Yeah, you know, so I could see the moon tide and the and you know, you know what zodiac is doing what, and it it's just been beaten into my head basically since I was right. a kid. So um, yeah, that that's pretty much how it started. And then I've been seeing things since I was probably two and a half, maybe three. And I'm just mm -hmm. now figuring out what that was. But the first ghost ghost I actually saw was my grandpa on the day he died. And he told me to Shh, be quiet. I'm okay. Now go back to bed. I'm like, yes, sir. So, you know, when grandpa tells you go to bed, you go to bed. So it's right. just been something that's happened my entire life. Now, that's something that's really curious that I've always been curious about because I've always heard. And, and I think it's uh, individual to people. Could you describe to our listeners, like when you say what you see, you know, mm -hmm. like when, when, when you say when in general, when we say I saw a ghost, everybody has in their mind this preconceived notion of what a ghost looks like. So in, from your perspective, what do you see? It's just a human. Um, I was in bed. He, I remember this so clearly. I was in seven, seven years old. It was a Sunday night. And the thing we always did way back then was – you know, you're, it's before VCRs were invented. We had to watch The Wonderful World of Walt Disney at 6 p.m. on Sunday. So everything had to be taken care of before 6 o'clock. And so my sister and I were outside playing. My mom came in and said, you know, Grandpa died. You know, go to your room. And I had to go to bed before 6 o'clock. And I was pissed, pissed, pissed because I missed The Wonderful World of Disney. And so I was playing in my bed. And um, it was still kind of dark, you know, because it was getting dark early. Um, I think it was before the time change or something or, or whatever. And there was a milky form that was just starting to materialize on my floor. And I'm like, okay, now what's that? And then I stopped playing with my animals. You know, I had little stuffed animals. And I looked and it started taking the shape. And it was of a man laying down. And it started getting more apparent. And then I realized, oh, that's Grandpa. He's laying down. And so he sat straight up and he was looking at the door. And I was on the uh, left-hand side. And then he turned around and looked at, directly at me. And he didn't say anything. I remember this. But I could hear what he was thinking or he was telepathically communicating to me or whatever. But he put his finger up to his lips like, shh, don't say anything. And he goes, I'm okay. I'm fine. Don't worry. Now go to sleep. And he laid back down and he disappeared. And I've been seeing things like that forever. Um, a lot of times um, before someone in my family I'm really important to, who is really important to me, passes i have like a, a daydream or um i don't want to call them premonitions but it's almost it's like a daydream you know where you're precognitive kind of, dream well i'm awake you know and it's like i'll be doing mm -hmm. the dishes but i'm zoned out and one time i was vacuuming and um i had a friend that uh, just this 
daydream that my friend Cheryl was sick. And so I tried calling her and I tried calling her for three days and I couldn't get in touch with her. And then finally on the fourth day, her mom called and said, well, you know, we lost her. So pretty much at the exact same time, you know, I'm going to start crying now, <laughs> that, that I was having this daydream because I was zoned out. I don't know um, if it's an alpha or theta or beta or where, whatever range it, you know, it is. But it's where you go when you zone, zone out. And it's so much easier to connect. And I'll ha I'm starting to have them now, like where I'll be walking down the street and it's like, do you remember film? Did anybody do photography? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's okay. Oh, yeah. So, so if you have like a, a, a negative and then mm -hmm. you, know, you, you can look up and you can see it, but the colors are all different and everything. And if you take a second negative and put it, you know, side by side or back to back where you can see through both of them at the same time, that's what it's like. Um, you can't see either one clearly, but you can see both of them. And so then that eventually one of them will go away. So that's what it's okay. like. That's really interesting. So, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about about the intuitive. Um, as, as a lifelong paranormal investigator, I have met hundreds of people who claim to have the gift, but I've only ever met, you know, five people. And I've worked mm -hmm. with two of them. And all the real legit ones that I meet all say that, well, it runs in my family. Mm -hmm. So now, do you find that, I mean, uh, obviously it does run in your family, but have you ever traced back how far it goes where you have this uh, gift or even a curse, some people might say? I wouldn't say it's a curse. I think to be, to have foreknowledge is to be forearmed. Like I know it's going to be coming up in January, so I'm ready. <laughs> but, sure. <laughs> um, I only remember my family back as far as my great-grandmother. Um, and I know she was that way also. And one of the things I remember would be my mother and my grandmother and her sister, my mom's sister, my aunt, sitting around the table on Saturday night. And they were talking like, oh, I had this dream. And the next one would start, well, I had this dream. And it, and it turns out it's the same dream. And they all kept adding layers and layers to it. So, I mean, and one would live in Georgia, one lived up in East Texas, and my mom and I lived down in Houston. So there's no way we were connected, you know, the day before, you know, mm -hmm. we were all traveling to my grandmother's farm and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think it's very, very linear or genealogical. Um, my daughter is getting very intuitive. I think she was always afraid because mom is, you know, mom's in the woo-woo, you know. <laughs> And so she doesn't want to admit it, but she's starting to tell me things now, and she's starting to see the shadow figures everywhere. And um, yeah, I, I think she's going to develop into it also. Okay, um, you mentioned something about January. Now I've seen your posts on social <laughs> media, and you have mentioned something. And are we looking at something scary about to happen? Are we all going to uh, die? <laughs> Or whatever. Well, I mean, what what have you seen? Well, we're all going to die. So well, eventually, sure. Take take that off the table. Um, well, I, do y'all do astrology? I know I get a lot of crap for talking about astrology, but <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Please. Oh, okay. Um, the no outer judgment here. <laughs> because you know anyone can read tarot, and I do read tarot Mondays at the Celtic Odyssey from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, if you're in Old Town Spring, um, anyone can read tarot and. If it's really true, like the law of um, attraction, where you manifest whatever you are thinking about, then anyone could manifest a reading in tarot cards. So I don't really put a whole lot of um, substance in tarot, though it's fun and I really enjoy the heck out of it and the colors are pretty. And 
Um, if you do astrology, though, the three outer planets, because they're so slow moving in relation to going around the sun, those are the generational planets, and those are the planets that affect um, humanity, basically. It's because, you know, like Pluto will go like three or four degrees, you know, in a year, and maybe Mercury will go around like 800 times in a year or something around the sun. So these okay. are very generational planets, and where the planets are now, and especially where they'll be, oh, there's so much to, oh my God, how much time we do we have? <laughs> um, and when you do the factor in the numerology too, it's, it's just mind blowing, but on February 2nd, 2022, Pluto, which is um, basically the planet of death, and death doesn't mean like a physical death, it's just the ending of one and the beginning of a new. Pluto will be in the exact same place where it was in 1776. Now, okay. maybe think about what happened in 1776. You know, the country was birthed, basically. Sure, and all the, yeah, all the struggles, all the wars, all the, you know, upheaval. But a country was created. And the same thing is starting now. If you look, you're like, okay, well, the shelves are empty. You know, cargo ships are lining up. Um, all the earthquakes and all the um, volcanoes that were erupting yesterday, that, these are all Pluto and Uranus energies. And it's basically, if you look from an astrological viewpoint, whatever holds the universe together is shaking it, smacking it around and saying, well, what are you thinking? It's like, you know, share out a moonstruck. Well, what are you thinking? What are you talking about? You know, she's mm -hmm. slapping Nicolas Cage in the face and you're going to start again. So um, there are supposed to be um, shakeups in the financial markets. So, okay. I mean, look, look how strong Bitcoin is getting. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. Bitcoin is getting really strong. There um, are emerging markets in third world countries, which are starting to take stand um, now. And so it looks like they may enter the market pretty soon. Now, mind you, I'm not a financial analyst. I just do astrology. <laughs> mm -hmm. But these are all the things that it's suggesting. Um, suggesting. So me personally, I'm going to get out of the stock market probably early January and put put my money somewhere safe. I mean, it may go up and down a little bit, but it's not going to tumble and crumble. Um, but then we're also moving into the Aquarian age, which is uh, a time of new beginnings. And um, it's been 50 years. You know, it's not like you can turn the calendar and say, oh, hey, look, it's the Aquarian age. No, I mean, right. it's 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 like a watercolor, you know, where the, the colors just mesh through. And eventually one color takes over and the other color is on another page. So... Um, all these energies are meshing right now. And if you do the uh, numerology also of February 2nd, 2022, you know, if you put everything down to a number and then find the root number, the root number is 10, which is ending. But 10 is one plus zero, which mm -hmm. is also one. So that's a new beginning. So it's suggesting that something big is coming February 2nd, 2022. So, um, and just even going to the grocery store yesterday, I saw how, you know, there were no vegetables. The fresh vegetables weren't there, you know, and I mean, there were some, but they weren't the, the quality we used to have all the time. And the shelves are getting a little bit empty right now. So down here in the South, we always prepare for hurricanes. And after last year in the blizzard, um, maybe people are just stocking up. I don't know. Maybe that's what's happening. Or maybe the cargo ships aren't able to offload and get things to um, the stores. I don't know. But yeah, it's going to be a shakeup. So basically, things are going to get sh shaken up. Things there's going to be some upheaval, but where there is hope on mm -hmm. the horizon. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, the 19th, I think it is. We have a, a lunar eclipse coming up. 
So whenever the 19th is in a few days. Mm -hmm. And that's basically um, when you were a kid, did you ever, ever fall down and have a skint knee and then you rip the bandaid off and oh, oh crap, I ripped the scab off too. And man, that hurts. Yeah, of course. That's what a lunar eclipse is like. Um, so you see the rawness underneath, but you can clean the wound out and the wound's going to heal much faster. So we're going to have a few solar and lunar eclipses coming up between um, the 19th of November and you know February. And it's it's we're in for a rude awakening, I think. But it, the end result is going to be good. Perfect. Well, I mean, you know, hey, uh, you know, great things, out, you know, great art, great music, great mm -hmm. Great things usually, you know, there has to be something involved there that, you know, shakes it up before great things can happen. Now, yeah. do you ever, now, can, can you do, uh, this is kind of, this is going to be, uh, before we move on to your accomplishments, do you, could you do a reading for, say, myself or for Mr. Skeptical over here, Stephen Lancaster? <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> well, my cards are all upstairs, uh, not offhand. Okay. But, um, yeah, if you want to. Now that we're Facebook friends, Stephen, um, <laughs> we could do it like a private chat. I'll be happy to do a reading for you. Yeah, I'd be really interested in that. I haven't yeah. had one of those in a long time. So I think what we're going to do is, um, you know, Stephen, I think we're going to take a break and pay some bills. And then when we come back, we're going to be uh, talking with Victoria Monday and we're going to, you know, delve into her um, Haunted Road Media and Edge of the Rabbit Hole and her, her books and all of her accomplishments. So. This is the Shadow Initiative. We have Victoria Monday. Stick around, and when we come back, we'll be talking to her some more. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's ShadowInitiativeTV at gmail.com. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. She's alive. Uh, All right, Ricky, anytime you want to bring us back, buddy. Do not. Yes. Ever. Yes. Call me Ricky. Oh. Did you listen to my EVP? Yes. We did, and we're going to get to that. We, are we heard what he says. That. Ricky. He said Ricky. <laughs> I know. I that and it scared the so hell you, out of me. At least somebody got the direction with my segue, Rick. Yeah. yeah I threw it right out there. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, Rick nobody Rick. calls me that, dude. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, welcome back to the Shadow Initiative with Stephen and Rick. And we are joined today by Victoria Monday. Um, thank you so much, Victoria, for sticking around for another um, um, for another time slot, and we can you know talk a little bit more about all things Victoria. Oh, thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Great. So, before we went, we talked about that the world is coming to an end. So, uh, prepare for nothing. <laughs> No, no, no. It's changing. That's all. It has to change. Uh, if you don't good. change, this, if you don't change, you stay the same. Yeah. Now I'm all about yeah. change and progress. Mm -hmm. So you know, apart from being a um, an intuitive and a, and a, and a psychic, 
uh, to use the umbrella term for that. You also do a lot of different things. You know, for example, Haunted Road Media's Edge of the Rabbit Hole. You are the host or co-host. I don't know however it is. You know, Stephen always, you know, Rick is the co-host and I'm the host. because He's got such an ego problem. I'm the co. I just show up. You, you are the co. <laughs> so how did you get involved with Mike Ricksecker and, um, and Haunted Road Media? First of all, let's rephrase that. I'm not involved with Mike Ricksecker. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Now, Mike, if, if I were to have a brother, I'd want Mike to be my brother. Okay. So, which is saying a lot because I don't like my family. So, <laughs> um, but you're in I good company right here. Yeah, right. Uh, I honestly don't know how it started. I just found uh, Haunted Road Media um, Beyond the Shadows, I think is what the show was. Um, and I just started watching the YouTube videos and I think I binge watched them all like in one weekend because they were just I'm like, oh my God, look at this. This is a normal person going out and doing normal things and he's not stupid. He's really intuitive and he's really intelligent. And I started, you know, really respecting him. And then I saw he had Edge of the Rabbit Hole. So I would tune in and it took a while um, before I asked a question. <laughs> and then when I started asking questions, he's like, oh, that's a good question. I'm like, finally, someone is like on my level. Well, mm-hmm. I don't mean that in an egotistical way, you know, but someone is not, ooh, look at orb, ooh, you know, I had real questions, you know, I think, well, I thought they sure. were real questions. Um, and so, you know, I watched for a year or so, and then one day his other co-host announced that she was leaving, and I was like, oh, I'm going to miss her so much because I really liked her because she was a spunky southern woman. Mm-hmm. Who, who doesn't like spunky southern women? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Crickets, crickets. Anyway, so... Um, My grandmother was a spunky Southern woman from Alabama. So, yes, I do like spunky Southern women. So, proceed. Did she, Sorry. Did she make a lot of cornbread? Uh, yeah. Actually, she did when she okay. cooked. Yeah. Okay, she just popped into my head. So, okay, okay there's there's your reading. Yeah, she's okay. still there. Yeah, with the buttermilk and the, the wooden spoon. I see her. Okay. Um, I don't know. Did she have a wooden spoon? I'm sure she probably did. Uh, okay. She 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 passed away quite a while ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, okay. All Southern women have a wooden spoon. Anyway, mm-hmm. where were we going? Oh, so my intuition was saying, "Tell him you want the job." And I'm like, "Well, no, I, I really don't. I don't want the. I don't. I'm a behind the scenes. I'm a television engineer. I'm like way back behind the scenes. You never see me uh, unless you're lost on the tour, and then you're like, I, I don't know where to go. That's the only way you would ever see me. Um, okay. And I was like, No, I don't want to do that. And when I don't listen to the little voices in my head. They get louder. And mm-hmm. I started listening, and, man, they're amazing. <laughs> so um, so I, I sent him a message and said, you know, I'm, I would like to throw my hat in the ring if you don't mind, please. Um, I, know, I know you have a lot of people, and I have you know, actually have never, ever done this before, but I just want to throw my hat in the ring. And he's like, sure, I'll put your hat in the ring. There's a lot of people who want to audition, and I'm going to audition, you know, like, a co-host of the week or something like that. I'm like, okay, you know, thank you. I, you know, I'm very honored to be even considered. And so a week or so goes by and he goes, so you ready? I'm like, wait, wait, no, I'm not. No. And so I got to be the first co-host. It was a lot of fun. And, um, me and I felt so stupid. I had hurt my back and I was on pain pills. And so mm-hmm. I was just rocking like Ray Charles the whole time, you know? <laughs> and I don't even know if I asked a question, but I was so scared. Um, but he was so nice and he's so generous and he sent me a message the next day. He goes, you did fine. You want to come back next week? I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know if I have enough pain pills. But sure, yeah, okay, I'd love to. So 
I found out who the guest was and I prepared a little bit more and it was Andrea Perrin. Okay, talk about being scared again, you know. <laughs> so, um, so I did the, the second week. Yes. Well, who, who, you know, um, for, for our listeners, so they don't know who is Andrea Perrin. She is, to me, um, paranormal royalty. She has lived through so much. She's such a wonderful woman. She is the, the one that um, basically the Conjuring movies were taken from the books that she wrote. And so okay. the Conjuring, um, the house, the farmhouse, she's, mm-hmm. just, she's just a wonderful human. And, you know, I'm so starstruck struck every week. I'm trying to figure out how to get a, like a autograph book where people can autograph them. But, you know, it's virtual, so I don't know how I can do that. But um, anyway, he came back and he said, um, okay, well, let's just make it permanent. How about you uh, be the new co-host? I'm like, oh, my God. So that's – it was purely accidental, but I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful and I have learned so freaking much in the last year. It's it's really been a game changer. And Well, I don't want to say the highlight of my life because, you know, I have a daughter. But it's been sure. one of the highlights of my life. You know, it's, it's just – it's right up there. Bucket list. Well, you know, I, I have listened to the show, and I really must say, you, for somebody who's never really done that before, you're very much a natural. Oh, thank you're you. Very good at it. You're quite welcome. So, with with uh, Haunted Road Media's Edge of the Rabbit Hole now under your belt, was this um, the you know launch pad for everything else that you've done since then? Well, I don't know if it's under my belt. Um, I still study a lot every week. Um, most of the time, because some of these subjects I don't know about. And then to use a phrase, I go down a rabbit hole and I start finding all these questions I want to ask our guests and stuff. But um, it's made me more comfortable talking about it. And when I would talk about the paranormal and the esoteric and supernatural at work, the guys at work would look at me like, uh, mm-hmm. OK, OK, sure. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> Sometimes my family looks at me like that. But yeah. Yeah, so I, okay, well, there's nobody at work I can talk to about this. I got it. So now I have my paranormal friends that I embrace and we have fun and stuff. And um, as odd as it sounds, <laughs> I was almost dating someone a few months ago and I was joking with him. He goes, you need to chronicle your experiences. I'm like, yeah, right. what am I going to do? Victorian, Victoria Monday's paranormal activities, right? Right. He's like, yeah, that would be great. I'm like, you know, that's not a sure. bad idea. I'm going to make a coloring book of it. So that's what my books are. There are um, coloring books and there are puzzles and there are word searches, but they all have a paranormal and esoteric twist. And my real, um, I don't want to say goal, but my real reason for doing them is to try and make these subjects a little bit more mainstream. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to hide the books when the family comes over. You're like, oh, it's just a puzzle book. But look, there's cryptids and here's Bigfoot and Mothman and, you know, Sure. Ectoplasm and all that kind of stuff. And um, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, so the first book that I did, it was coloring. And I, I learned to do this at work because I was a very angry person a few years ago. Okay. And when I would doodle, I would always doodle in a very angular, L-shaped, square, 90-degree doodles. And I had read somewhere, sure. if you learn just to make, make circles, um, it changes your frame of reference. So as I would work, I would just doodle. And I would do doodle spirals. Now I'm finding out spirals mean something else. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this was my intuition telling me something. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> I would do these huge, huge pieces of paper. And my whole mm-hmm. nine hours, ten hours at work, it was just a doodle of a spiral, just all these spirals. And then I started coloring them. I'm like, you know, this is really kind of changing the way I think, the way I see mm-hmm. things. 
you know, and it's not really creative or anything. But um, And about that time is when I started also working for a ghost tour company. And so more things were happening and more things were, you know, well, maybe this is really real. You know, maybe it's not the little angular square box. Maybe the world is circular. And so it just kind of opened up a whole world for me. Right. Yeah. One of the uh, things that have, that that had really interested me was uh, the feminine macabre, a woman's journal of all things strange and unusual. Um, there, there, there are other people that I know who have been a uh, part of this. I know Alex Matsuo was a part of this. But can you tell our listeners what is the feminine macabre? It's wonderful. It is a literary journal, uh, specifically for women, and I forget if it's binary or non-binary. I think it's non-binary, people mm-hmm. who, do, who don't identify. It's a journal okay. just for um, paranormal stories. Okay. And I was like, and, and again, my little voice is going, ah, write a story. I'm like, okay. So I did. <laughs> and what, 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 what is your story? Well, this is another weird one. Um, <laughs> my, um, my husband was an alcoholic, and so we divorced when my daughter was three, and I moved away. And I was living in Arizona and he was still here in Texas. And I've always considered him my husband because, you know, that's the person I married, the father of my child. Mm-hmm. We had no contact with him for uh, almost 12 years. And okay. then one day, and I'm having to work two and three jobs, you know, because I'm a single mom and Arizona is just not cheap. And I'm raising my daughter the best I can. So I'm coming home from job two one night. And um, I worked at PetSmart, you know, and you come home and you smell like PetSmart. So, <laughs> you know, I'm taking off my my outer shirt, you know, and I'm walking in my room and I see him standing in the corner and this is where all the expletives would come in that I'm not going to say. Um, but I was okay. like, what are you, what are you doing in my room? You know? And I was like, I don't have time for you. So I went to bed. Um, and as I was laying across the bed, I felt somebody sit on my bed and I was like, what the crap, you know? And I, and I just didn't know what was going on, but I was so tired and I couldn't move. And I thought, well, if there is a ghost or somebody is sitting on my bed, it's my husband. And, you know, I don't care anymore. He's not going to hurt me. So I went to sleep. So this went on for three weeks, you know, mm-hmm. and a little bit more, a little bit more involved. You know, I kept seeing him. And he was always in the uh, the gray cutaway that he was wearing when we got married. Well, so this went on for three weeks. Three weeks he was there. Three weeks he came. Three weeks he caught bed me and we snuggled up. And I started having all these great memories of, of all the good times. And I was forgetting all the bad times. So I'm thinking, okay, right. this is just my exhausted self working through all this garbage. And so now I'm in a place where I can forgive him for all the crap he did to us. And so I come home one night and he wasn't there. And I'm like, okay, well, I must be cured. I must have gotten through all the stuff I needed to get through. And I woke up the next morning and there was an email from my brother-in-law. It said, call me, Scott died. I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) So I go through all the stuff of trying to get all the things that we needed to do um, for my daughter and I. And I eventually had to call the morgue to get a... um, death certificate so the lady goes well we can't um determine a cause of death really i was like i I don't understand why can't you determine a cause of death and she goes well he died three weeks ago and that was just like you know a bell ringing in my head so for the three weeks he had been hanging out with us he had been dead no one had found him yet so wow uh, that that's a remarkable story you know with with the uh with the feminine macabre you know let's face it the uh, paranormal or paranormal land, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. um, has been sort of historically male dominated. Yes. And you as a woman working in the paranormal, 
field. Do you feel that, you know, women are um, properly uh, represented in the paranormal? And, and, and if not, how, how can we change that? Oh, that's a big question. Um, are we properly represented? I don't know if we're properly represented. That's a hard word. Um, the people I have seen, and, and I love everyone, so there's just no slamming on anyone. Um, sure. they, they seem to be cookie cutters of each other. You know, they all stand there in their tight jeans with their stiletto heels and their leather jackets, and they're like, look at me, I'm a tough. I'm dealing with ghosts. Right. You know, I'm like, well, that's a stereotype. Um, and I think it's a very negative stereotype, and if that's what they want to embrace because that's what they've seen, and that's what's been successful, um, then I'm happy for them, and I'm glad they they could do that. But then people like me, I'm a Girl Scout leader. You know, I have a purse full of cookies and carbs and, you know, do you need a Kleenex, honey? Here's some aspirin. You know, somebody like me going out to a haunted venue or, or even here, we have a lot of activity in our house. I don't fit the stereotype. And I think it's a more gentle, more realistic stereotype, mm-hmm. if, if it's even a stereotype. And so I do feel this is the way we're going. More normal people are having these experiences. And how do we fix it? I don't know, maybe being more vocal. Maybe we should all make coloring books. I don't know. <laughs> you know cookie, yeah, would, cook, cookie bake off, that's it. I don't know. I would have to agree <laughs> with that. And, you know, being, being an, I've been investigating um, since 1991, and some of the best investigators that I have ever worked with were women. Mm-hmm. You know, well, to be I, completely honest. I think it's the intuitive thing. We all naturally have it to some, well, I think everyone has it to some degree, but moms especially, mm-hmm. you know, like I can see you and I know you're in that other room. I know what you're doing, you know? <laughs> oh my God, are you kidding me? I mean, my, my, <laughs> my, my, my wife, Jamie, she, she can sit in the front room and know what our 10-year-old son, Theo, is doing on the other side of the house. And just all of a sudden, she's like, Theo, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. So, I mean, you know, thank now, goodness for GPS because I can track my daughter. And, and um, not to interrupt you, but um, I was tracking her and she was posting on social media one time. And um, sure. she was drunk off her ass, literally oh drunk God. off her ass. And so, um, sorry, sweetheart. So I sent her a text and said, hey, how you doing? And she's like, come join the party. And I'm like, boom, I was there in like five minutes. And um, she had a seizure. She passed out, and we had to take her to the um, hospital. So had I not been there, <laughs> I don't think her friends would have done that much for her. I mean, they might have right. been, ooh. So anyway. Yeah, I think I think definitely, you know, something like that comes in handy with life, period. But now, you know, it's not, not just the feminine macabre that you have been involved in. Um, you've also done a walk in the shadows a complete guide to shadow people now shadow people is something that has always interested me um because i know what my personal feelings are concerning you know shadow people and i know what stevens are but Mm -hmm. you know what 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 are your thoughts on what shadow people are what are they i have no idea um it's not just shadow people they're shadow animals um Mm -hmm. um I know when I was doing the ghost tours out in Old Town Spring, there was a very, and I don't like to use the D word because I don't believe in demons, but there is evil in the world. Mm-hmm. And there was a very, very evil um, presence. And you could tell he uh, he walked very jaggedly and very um, fast. And he would come at you like, I'm going to kick your ass. And everyone would go, okay. whoa. You know, and so 
you could just feel that that hatred he had towards people. And um, there were other ones out there that are more benevolent. Um, uh, they just, I just felt like they protected me when I was out there walking around. So I have absolutely no idea. Um, as far as the channel animals we have here, I think a lot of them are cats we used to have that had just a good time and they're still hanging around. Um, no, the ones that go across the ceiling, I have no idea what those are. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, Mike does, has done a lot of amazing work um, with his book and his shadow documentaries and I, I'm starting to go with the interdimensional um, sure. aspect. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, that does that, that is one of the uh, prevailing theories. One, um, the, the place that I used to work at, the building that I worked in, I, I worked with kids who were troubled kids. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a shadow entity in the building that I worked in. And I wasn't the only person that had seen it. Many other employees had seen it. One of the employees, when I first started working there, refused to work the overnight shift because she didn't want to have, she didn't want to see this thing anymore. And um, it used to be like this weird, almost grayish brown yeah. shadow that would race back and forth between the rooms. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I started talking more to my fellow employees. They're like, oh my God, yeah, I've seen that. I've experienced that. And uh, you never really got a, bad feeling off of off of it Um, and I and I actually um I had a a friend of mine who is a medium she told me that it's just a former employee who's kind of checking in on the kids every once in a while (laughs) that's a great um yeah I do believe that and Stephen I'm sending you a picture real quick of something I see all the time um because we have them at work too um Mm -hmm. and I would see them and uh a lot of people would jump and scream and I was like oh hi how are you you know (laughs) Yeah, and, and now that I've started to acknowledge them, um, well, maybe I won't send you pictures. <laughs> um, they don't seem to be so scary, and I don't think they're trying to scare you. Well, maybe that no. one, um, the one that was coming at you, like I'm going to kick your ass. You know, maybe right. he was, but um, the other ones, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that people they have this um, this idea that was sort of we're all conditioned that something you know something like a shadow is bad or something that is dark in color is not good so our brains automatically say a shadow person is something bad and it's out to get me or possess me or whatever i i think that that's what we're kind of dealing with psychologically speaking i think a lot of it's been perpetuated in um the media also um certain ghosts Hunters, if you, I don't even like that term. Why are we hunting? I mean, <laughs> it's, I have it's, used it ever since I was a kid, so it's like well, I'm, I'm like old school about it. That's pop culture. I'm sorry. Um, death is a part of life, and I and the people that and I don't know if you two do it, and I'm sorry if you do um, that go around saying I'm going to expose, I'm going to prove the paranormal's right. Well, why? Why do you have to prove it's there? I mean, you know, we all know no. it's there. It's it's something that you should be experienced and embraced. Um, getting evidence is always fun. I like doing that, but um, I don't need to convince anyone because I've seen what I've seen and I know what I know. And yeah. I, don't, I don't mean to sound arrogant or anything, but you know. no, not at all. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I had this experience at a wedding back in the 90s. A friend of mine mm-hmm. in high school got married. And this was, you know, back when it was still, you know, being a paranormal investigator was still kind of taboo. It really yeah. wasn't part of the mainstream. It was on the fringes, more or less. Mm-hmm. And this cat comes uh, comes from across the room at me. And he says, if memory serves me correctly, he's like, I heard you're one of those Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) You know, ghosts don't exist, right? I just turned to him and said, I didn't ask. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't, I don't care what people believe and I don't care what, what, what they either believe or what they don't believe. Um, I know my experiences and, uh, oh wow. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. That's Um, the, that's the evil one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, it's if, if if I'm in your house, it's because you wanted me there right. and you're trying to get you're trying to help uh, get confirmed for you what you already know. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not out to, you know, convert anybody or proselytize to the good mm-hmm. news of the gospel of the paranormal. It's just not my jam. Right. Yeah. The first day, I think it's a lot about the, um, your vibrational resonance. If that's a real phrase. Um, I don't want to say I'm snow white, but a lot of times I'm just like, la 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 la, you know? And yeah, I kind of like being like in the woo woo or being a little butterfly or something. And I noticed that when I start acting in that frame of mind, better mm-hmm. things happen. It's law of attractions basically. But little animals start coming up to me. I would be sitting outside and little squirrels would be coming up. I'm like, okay, you're a rodent. You know, why are you next to me? You know, but he's not a bad thing. I'd give him a peanut or something and he'd run off and the cats are coming in. So now the shadows are coming in. The day we moved into this, um, we're in a townhome now. We moved here two years ago. We both, my daughter and I were in the kitchen and we heard these two men arguing and we stopped and looked at each other and we, we were looking around. And I was like, did you, did you hear that? And she goes, oh, it's our neighbors. I'm like, sweetheart, we're in a house. We don't, we don't have neighbors. <laughs> yeah. um, there are two men arguing and we're walking around and there was nobody here. So I don't know. It, it's like it, it's a puzzle piece, basically, and I think it finds the piece that it can it can connect to. And so if it can connect to you, it just kind of comes to you. Right. Well, with that oh, being said, yeah. Rick, there you go. Wow, Stephen, you're <laughs> wow. I was wondering where you were, buddy. Hey, sitting here. Oh, my here. God. You're the sexiest man in, in paranormal investigating. Thank right you. Thank oh, you. Rick, you heard that. That, <laughs> that Victoria. Do not feed into no, his that, delusions. That will now be a voice sample that will play during every show. Every I have to. show. He, he's got pirate stuff behind him. He's wearing a pirate scarf. Come on. You know, me and the pirates are. Well, with that, I, we want to get to this EVP because Rick and I have heard this EVP. Um, yes. And it, it's truly incredible. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, our listeners are going to hear this EM, EMP. We're going to blow things up. Anyway, Woo-hoo. we're going <laughs> to blow things up with this EVP. They're going to hear the EVP. And then, Victoria, we want to hear the story behind it, what was going on, just just everything um, about this thing. So you guys stick around. When we come back, you're going to hear something pretty wicked. So hang tight. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk is now available on iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and many more. To contact the hosts, visit www.shadowinitiativetv.com or email them at shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. 
We would love to hear from you. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. Are you by the tree? Can you knock on something? So you have just heard this um, remarkable um, EVP, this remarkable electronic voice phenomena. And uh, for me, it's chilling (laughs) because it says Ricky. Obviously, (laughs) I'm not the Ricky, but that is, you know, my given name. Um, Victoria, first off, thank you for sending this to us so our our listeners can hear this. Um, But please... Do tell this amazing story about this EVP. Well, I live pretty close to um, an area called Old Town Spring, and it's notoriously haunted. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's mainly a, a tourist area now. Um, and all the stores close about 6 or 6.30, so at night the ghosts come out to play, and so do we. And so I was starting a group called uh, Wild Wind Paranormal, which is now just me, because I keep kicking people out because... I don't, never mind, I don't want to say that. Um, they don't do it right. People people are not in the, they're more of the exposing shock type thing, and I that's not me at all. Anyway, sure. um, so I was auditioning a guy, and I had my brand new digital recorder in my hand, and I just bought it, so no one's going to touch it, you know? So I, I'm fairly tall, so I had it in my hand um, flat, so I wouldn't be touching the mic, and I was holding it up high in the air. And I wasn't saying anything, and I just wanted to see how he was going to um, handle the whole situation. And um, he didn't pass. But anyway, uh, we were out at the um, on the back porch of a house where the judge lived. And the judge was notorious for hanging people. Now, this was um, – he lived there in the 30s. Um, you know, the South, we have lynchings, had lynchings, and all sorts of segregation issues going on, you know, civil rights things. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who were unjustly lynched and it was never documented because I've been trying to find out who this guy is. But I was standing on the, the the back porch and there is a tree that they call the hanging tree. But there was always one other tree way off on the left hand side that scared me and I never went over there. So finally I went over there because I had somebody to go with me and we were just talking and we were at that tree. And so um, the first EVP <laughs> says... Ricky. And I thought he said Vicky. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who's using my familiar form of my name? First of all, no, no, we don't do that. You know, um, it would be Victoria. And then I heard him say what I thought he said was the law, which is something um, my grandmother used to call the police. And my, you know, I remember this back from the 60s. She'd be like, oh, well, I saw the law at the end of the road and I had to turn around. And so that's a very common phrase that was used out here. And then it follows up with the third EVP where it says Ricky again. Now I'm listening to this at work and we basically had little editing bays and it was at dinner time and I was not doing my work. So I was listening to the EVPs and I heard that and I was like, oh my God. And so I go running down the hall and I'm trying to find somebody who can verify 
that this is what they're hearing and there was nobody there and I'm running around with my digital recorder looking like an idiot um, and finally I found someone to listen to it and he goes yep that's what it says so it was just kind of spooky I tell you what what impressed me the most about it is when when I do EVP work or, or I should say when I review recordings I'm always in a big set of cans here you know big set of headphones and even in the headphones, the EVPs I've worked with have been faint to where mm-hmm. to where they needed to be amplified a little bit, um, isolated. Where this was something when Rick sent it to me, um, I just had had my cell phone in my hand and played it straight from my and heard it as plain as day. Yeah, you know, that, it was loud. That was <laughs> yeah. what kind of blew my mind. And I even said to Rick, did you hear this? <laughs> Did you really listen to this? <laughs> I, I actually had to go back and listen to it because when I tried listening to it first time, my son was my son was telling me something. So I was like, all right, I'm going to hold the off on this for a little bit. And when I finally had a chance to listen closely, it it, it was the clearest, most obvious EVP that I've ever heard. Because like Stephen, um, you know, most of the EVP, EVPs that I've heard are like really faint and they're whispering and you know and I and and I have my theories about why that is but Mm -hmm. yeah this was so obvious I don't know if it was because I was holding it up so high in the air Mm -hmm. um because you know like I'm 5'8 when I have boots on I'm 5'10 so I can reach like 6 6'1 6'2 somewhere I can reach up tall and I had my hand up way way high up like that um but what's uh, even more interesting is a few weeks ago, I was talking to another friend and she was, I want to show you these pictures I took out here. And she didn't, she doesn't know anything about the EVP or, or that. And she showed me these, this picture taken at the same spot I was standing. And there are two men who look like they're from the 1930s. Um, and one is, you can see him. Oh, I'm just getting shivers now. You, you can see him as clear as day. He's uh, mm-hmm. wearing the slacks. He has uh, the little suspenders and a shirt. And the other guy behind him is a little translucent, translucent. And he's a little bit shorter, but he's wearing the same type of clothing. So these look like gentlemen from the 1930s. And that EVP, that sounds like an old Southern man. It, he sounds like my family, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know. And so I'm trying to find out who Ricky is. But since the judge was notorious for just hanging people, you know, you're crazy and he would hang him. Um, there's really no records. And especially if you were a person of color, there would be no records. I mean, it was just right. unjustified. Yeah, you know, and and Ricky was is in the South is such a very common name for a mm-hmm. man. I mean, that's my dad's name. That's my name. Um, yeah, it's it's very common. Yeah. Anyway, that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great EVP. So, um, yeah, great catch, and thank you so much for sharing with us as well as our listeners. Well, Victoria, we have come to that point in the show that uh, Stephen and I like to call shameless self promotion time so whatever it is that you have to sell whatever it is that you have to tell us please we uh suggest that you do it right now and go oh well i just released my fifth sixth book on amazon you can find them under my name they're all paranormal activities for adults and kids and i'm working on some more i'm also writing a story with a really great title that i can't tell you because someone will steal it and i'm thinking about a candy company and if i told you that man it's such a good thing i can't (laughs) but i'm working on a candy company too yeah, that's about it. 
fantastic. Well, thank you so much for you know coming on the show today, Victoria. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I really hope maybe we could get you to come back on again sometime in the future. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. And Stephen, so nice to meet you, and I would yes, love ma'am. to come back anytime. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Our right. pirates. Dar. <laughs> Please do not do 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 not feed into this. It's at, you can't take it back now, Ricky. Dark. Yeah. Well, I think y'all are both the sexiest men in paranormal investigation. How about that? Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and if and if I actually ever thought of myself in such regards, I would have to kick my own ass. So um <laughs> Actually Rick and I are more like the Waldorf and Statler of the paranormal. No. <laughs> what did you call us? The uh, the uh, um, Dante and Randall. Dante and Randall. <laughs> All right. Well, well thank you so much. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say at least it's not Turner and Hooch. I mean, you know, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'm Turner. <laughs> so oh. thank you so much. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine. I'd be happier as a dog. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Victoria. And uh, you know, have a nice day. And we hope to have you come back on again. Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Are you a fan of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Leave the hosts a review and your thoughts on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Music, Ghana, Jayasab, or wherever you enjoy the show. And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative with Stephen and Rick. Uh, We just had Victoria Monday, who is an absolute delight of a of a person and a lot of fun having her on the show Stephen. yeah very informative stuff like, like i said i've always been curious um i've I, i'm just such a visual guy and, and so am I. I you know th- there was a lot we could have taken this episode three four hours easily because like the shadow entities and the shadow people i've always been so intrigued with and i know how i visualize them as a colorblind right. person, you know, and I, I, you always hear the stories from psychics and mediums and clairvoyants and sensitives and intuitive, you know, all that stuff of how they see things. And it's 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 just fascinating to me um, to listen to her describe exactly how she saw it, you know, and, right. and of course, that EVP. I mean, that's oh. that, that's awesome probably one of the best evps that i've heard in my you know 30 years or whatever of this of investigating the paranormal but you know what about her you know her psychic premonitions you know that's just uh that doesn't sound so good man but it sounds like some good stuff will come of it well i don't know she pretty much planned out my next month and a half i'm gonna be binging and purging man like yeah (laughs) metal (laughs) yeah exactly man but uh you know hey um so we'll just wait and see if if what she says comes to pass. There may or may not be a season three of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk because we won't be here. So. We will make it happen. No, I mean, it was nothing that was, you know, deadly or dangerous. And, you know, she said that everything it will eventually be okay that you know, yeah. kind of returned to normal you know things a little bit better so you know hey chernobyl's eventually gonna be better you know I, I, a nuclear bomb it'll eventually get better yeah well hey thankfully there was none of that you know uh fear of nuclear war kind of stuff so um yeah great guest great evp amazing picture but uh, we got another good guest coming up next week Stephen. yes we do who, richard who we got what? Name's not Richard. I know. Well, you didn't like the Ricky. 
I'm kind of getting tired no, I, of saying Rick. I do not like the name Ricky, but okay. But okay, who do we have coming on next week? Tony Caldwell. Oh, yes, we do. We have the gentleman who is the director and producer of um, the um, documentary um, with Kane Hodder and a previous um, guest of ours, uh, Maeve. Maeve Ibanez. Yes. Yeah. And he's going to be telling us all about his work with Kane and with Maeve and, with, you know, making this uh, documentary about you know, balsam. I've never even heard of this place before. And I, it sounds I'm, amazing. I look forward to all of our guests, of course, but I've really yes. been looking forward to Tony because, you know, he's out there doing the kind of stuff that I love. That's, that's my jam. Right. <laughs> that's my jam. You know, so that that's cool because it's it'll be interesting talking to him because he, you have to be two people when when you're trying to create entertainment uh, for the paranormal, like we want it to be done, you you have mm-hmm. to do it right to respect the craft and the science or whatever or whatever you want to call it. But then you also have to flip your hat around and become an entertainer. You know what's going to make this flow? How is cutting this going to make it appealing? You know, and and it's just interesting stuff to me because it's not an easy task. It's easy for the television shows because it's scripted and they know they're going to fake this, that, and the other thing. It's no different yeah. than some normal show. But when you're at the will of reality, it really may in the paranormal field it makes making a documentary very difficult. Right. You know, and I, I don't I don't work in television, never worked in television, probably never will work in television. So it's like it's it's difficult for me to understand how all that works. But, you know, when we have Tony on, we're going to you know, ask him how he brings it all together. And also in a few weeks, we're going down the road of the vampire as well. Yes, we will be having on the show uh, Kit Tinsley. Uh, and he has written the he has written a book about uh, vampires. Let me uh, look that up real quick. You so know what's can... interesting is I can't wait to bring this up to him again. One of those things that just kind of fell into my lap this morning when I was doing my reading um, that that over in India, this is happening now, Rick. Happening now, okay. and we're going to talk to this chap about it because I'm sure he knows there are bounties for people they think are vampires over there. Oh, I, I can't believe that we still even have this these days. I mean, just uh, what was I think it was in 2013 in Romania. They dug up the body of a guy named Peter Toma and did everything that they would have done a couple hundred years ago to suspected vampires. You know, cut his head off, burn yeah. his heart, burn the body. But yeah, Kit Tinsley wrote the, wrote the book with his uh, wife, Siobhan Tinsley. It's called Thirst for Blood, a history of vampires in folklore, fiction, and film so we're going to get all three aspects of the vampires and as you know steven i love vampires and i can't wait to talk to kid about that i know you do because you suck (laughs) (laughs) yeah so boom yeah that was a dad joke buddy but uh but with i know my jokes bite (laughs) oh my god i you know what it's times like this that i wish this was still a video show so people can see my face so they know you don't they're they don't like they don't uh, they don't wish you still was a video show uh, yeah (laughs) but with that being said victoria victoria monday was a fantastic guest you guys check out her radio show or podcast i always call it radio show everything's radio to me i'm just so old school 
Yep. Ed, um, Ed, Edge of the Rabbit Hole with um, yes. Mike Ricksecker. It's yes. a very good show. You know, for somebody who's never really done this before, you and I, we've been doing this for years and years yeah. and years. Very natural at it. Yes, yes. So definitely check that out. Definitely check out her books. The the I think that's kind of neat, a unique unique twist, you know, kind of like the, the lady with the, the Sea for Coven book we talked about mm-hmm. months and months yeah, and months ago. Macabre. You know, so, you know, having it, you know, a coloring book and word puzzles and all that um, revolve around the paranormal. That's that's kind of neat. Yeah, it is. So check her books out. Uh, check out the Feminine Macabre. Check out her podcast, Edge of the Rabbit Hole, with her and Mike Ricksecker. And it's uh, very cool, all of it. So, my friends, thank you again for checking out Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with Rick Hale you. and myself, Stephen Lancaster, both authors of The Paranormal. If you guys like to read about The Paranormal and read about things that aren't really the household names that have been just beaten to death, um, definitely you guys want to check out our books. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative, where it's always a paranormal good time. So with that being said, episode 28 is in the can, man. Yes, it is. And and, and, and where will it be going? Where Once will you put it all this going? stuff together, tell, tell everybody where they can find us. Oh, the, well, the easiest place is facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. You can listen to our podcast while you're doing your little Facebook thing, you know, or Apple Music, Amazon Music, Pandora Spotify. I mean, anywhere you can get podcasts, you can get us. You know, so in your car, on your phone, whatever. That's where we're at. And of course, if you just want to go to our website, shadowinitiativetv.com, there's all the original first season that was done with video where you can watch and see actual paranormal evidence. You can watch the show or you can just listen to it. So. We are everywhere, man. We are everywhere. The initiative is taking over. Well, with that being said, thank you, Stephen. Another great episode in the can. And um, come back next week, and we'll be talking to Tony Cadwell. Yes, you guys. Have a great week. See you later.